I hear them talking in the streets, but they don't say the real. We really debating the industry and what the six of feel. Cold shoulders turn to open arms when you on for real. Ain't no strangers to the bricks. Now let's build something for real. It's too real, real, it's too real. Yo, what's happening, everybody? It's your boy E. It's It's Too Real, the podcast. We are back for another week, man. What's going on? Hope y'all enjoying y'all week, man. Thanks for listening. You know what I mean? I'm in a very good mood. You know what I mean? Very good weed has arrived in front of me. You know what I mean? Smoking good weed is always a, way, a good way to start your day. Um, Yeah, man. I, I think this is a very eventful week as far as the culture and things happening. Um. Yeah, but you know a lot of also sad news. You know what I mean. I'm, a, I guess I'm gonna start with the sad news. Um, Fredo Santana passed away. You know what I mean. I'm sure everybody knows who Fredo Santana is. You know what I mean. Chicago rapper, um, cousin of Chief Keef, um, GBE member, Savage Squad member. Um, yo, that was a, that that was sad for me. That was a very sad moment for me, man. Um, I was me and my friends. You know what I mean. We like. I was very heavily influenced by the Chief Keef music when it first came out. Like that whole Chirac wave, like it took Toronto hard. You know what I mean? Like a lot of you would see a lot of people in Toronto talking like um, Chicago niggas. Um, just, just talk, it was just crazy. You know what I mean? That that it was probably like that around the whole world. You know what I mean? So that movement, like the GBE movement, was so big and everybody. You know, Fredo was always the guy that you looked at. Yo, he's the real savage. You know what I mean? And um. Like, he's the guy that, and nobody would even call him out. You know what I mean? Those guys would always be beefing with a whole bunch of other guys. You know what I mean? And they would never call out Fredo and shit. He was just a, he was just a cool guy. Just like the, I don't know how to explain it, but just like the serious guy, but still like funny guy at the same time. You know what I mean? Um, His music was cool too. You know what I mean? Fuck nigga don't want no beef and all that. He had Jealous with um, Kendrick Lamar. Like, he did a lot of, he did a lot of shit in a short time. You know what I mean? Had a little short film. But it was just sad to see, you know, because this whenever death comes around, you just get that feeling of, you know, that lingering feeling. It's like, wham, I really, like, this person, like, you don't know them personally, but you feel connected, you know what I mean? So, like, that that was sad. I, that was on my mind throughout the weekend and shit. He did pass from uh, a seizure, you know what I mean? He was battling a lot of um, liver and kidney failure because based off, you know, he was he did take a lot of drugs in the sh- one in a short period of time. He was doing a lot of lean, a lot of pills, you know, so his system was badly damaged cuz he had a seizure maybe a couple months ago. Cuz he was um he had a seizure a couple months ago where um GBE Tato found him and like he 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 didn't know. He just woke up in the hospital, didn't know what was going on, you know what I'm saying? And he was clean for, I think, 70 days, you know what I mean? He was kicking the cup, you know what I mean? He said he wasn't doing lean no more. He was trying to be an advocate for everybody else. And, yeah, man, so it's just sad to see that, you know, he definitely decided to turn around, but sometimes the damage is already done. You know, your body's already, like, it's already fucked up, you know what I mean? And, like, for those that really followed the movement, you can see, man, you can see how, like, you know, people always talk about, like, the Gucci main belly, but it's called the lean belly because... You get constipated and all that, so you don't. You're not shitting, and you're not eating. It's just like a whole blob of just shit in your stomach is just stuck there. You know what I'm saying? So it was like if you watch the whole glow up of the whole GB members, you could only person you'll see 
that never that was really serious on the lean or even gain weight was Lil Reese. Lil Reese looked the same. Um, ball out. Like, he got that lean belly. Chief Keith, lean belly. Fredo. Like, these guys, you would see them when they first started. They was real skinny guys, you know what I mean? And then that shit just happened. So, rest in peace to Fredo Santana, man. Um, God bless his family. He just had a son. You know what I mean? Like, praise up for Chief Keith and the whole, the whole team, man. Like, especially you, us... Like us really being fans and watching the movement, you've got to see how many people have died and, you know, how many lives have been lost, you know, whether it's the shootings, accidents, and just all that type of shit, you know what I mean, in their lives, you know. So at such a young age, everything they've been through in Chicago is just a lot, you know what I mean. So um, prayers up for them, man. That's that's a sad situation. R.I.P. to Fredo Santana, like only 27 years old, you know what I'm saying. That's That's young, so much of his life ahead of him, you know what I'm saying. So everybody just got to look out for your health. You know what I mean? Um, um, even speaking of health, man. Um, three days ago, I think on the show, I, what what does it matter when I what I said on the show? But three days ago, um, John River, you know, he's been on the show before, Mississauga artist, rapper, very talented guy. Um, he went on Twitter. Well, he didn't go on Twitter. He had his mother go on his Twitter account and tweet out a thread. You know, a story of. What's been going on with him? Because a lot of people, like even me, I'm, I was asking, like, where's John River at? You know what I mean? He hasn't put out a project from the since the storm. And, you know, it was just, he wasn't even being active on social media. So everybody was just like, what's up with John? And then um, I, I guess a post came out maybe a month ago on his Instagram saying, you know, he's been going through some health battles. He just wants our prayers. You know, so I nobody really knew what was going on. But three days ago, um, he had like his mom do this thread about what's going on with him, and it's a crazy situation, a crazy story about how he went into a Mississauga hospital for like chest pain, you know what I mean? And they kept he kept going and going, you know, and that's the thing about the hospital. Like, so he kept going, and they were telling him no, they don't see nothing, they don't see nothing. So he went home, and this kept going on for like I guess a week or two, and then I guess like he'd passed out. His mom had called an ambulance, so you know he was staying in the hospital for a while. But they still couldn't see nothing, and then um, he was breathing normally again. So everything just kind of came back, you know what I mean? And that's and that's just like everybody who has health issues. Like usually, sometimes you you something's going on, and that that you just recover for a bit. You just don't even want to check it out no more or whatever. You just feel feel a little better. But you know, sometimes you just got to really push that envelope. And he just kept having these like these chest problems, chest problems, and then. Basically, one day it just it just got out of hand. He got he went to the hospital, said he couldn't take it anymore, and he was like, they asked him to describe his pain, and basically it was put, they, like they put their hand on his chest and they were like trying to find out. He's like, whenever they put their hand on his chest, he felt like he, they, he couldn't breathe. So he said like he felt like he had a broken rib or a fracture in his chest, and then he they ran X rays and all that, and everything came back negative. So you know this 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 um this pain just kept happening consistently. You know what I mean. So one day he just finally went to the doctor. I mean went back to the hospital again, and the doctor that saw him that night must have told him that he had something called pericarditis, and so they gave him medicine for like three and a half days. He said it should help the inflammation and all that. You know, but it just kept kept getting worse. You know what I mean. And he, I guess the doctor gave him instructions that if he if it hadn't got better in three days, he should see a specialist. And you know what, man? You guys should actually go and read this thread, you know what I mean, these tweets, because I'm, like, just summarizing, because this is going on over, like, a month period. Like, 
you know, he's just going through this pain over and over again. And, you know what I mean, doctors just keep telling him he's fine. You know what I mean? Um, got to the point where the doctors, he kept coming in and the doctors are telling him that he's suffering from anxiety. You know what I mean? That's what's making his chest have all these issues. You know what I mean? So finally he goes to see a specialist who tells him it's either anxiety or a GBS, a disease that causes paralysis if untreated. Because, you know, he was starting to feel like tingling in his feet and like losing feeling in his hands. And then basically he's like, yo, how do you know if if you have it? So basically he has to get a dual lumbar puncture, which is where they stick a, a needle into your spine. And that, that shit, when I even read it for the first time, like I felt like chills through my spine. Like it was so weird. You know what I mean? I actually read that shit because he, he described it that whenever he thinks about it, he could still feel it. You know what I mean? I just couldn't imagine. Just, you know, like that's that just seems painful. Your spine sticking a needle in it. You know what I mean? So he does the, he does the, um, what do you call it? He does the, the lumbar puncture exam and everything. And he gets his results back in two days and they tell him that he's fine, you know? And so like he, he's literally tweeting some, he basically has mom tweet that he, because the doctors tell him that he's fine, he's just like, all right, I'm just going whatever the doctors say. But throughout the whole like weeks that are passing, he's still feeling this pain. And um, so he goes back to the hospital and then I guess they send him to this um, a psychiatrist to talk to him and ask him if he's hearing voices in his head. You know what I mean? He I guess he's he's saying that, you know, he's not hearing voices in his head that this is literally pain. He's really losing his vision and all that. So he's just having this whole battle with the whole medical staff at the hospital and I guess he goes home. You know, he talks about it's it's a it's it's crazy. He talks about spending um New Year's Eve in his closet because any light really gives him headaches. He can't really see. Like it's just it's a lot, man. And you know, this is like so a real talented guy. So, you know, it's just like it's just weird to see how he seeing him, I was perfectly healthy, you know, everybody saw him, he's rapping, doing his thing, and now you just hear this story. So it's really crazy. But yeah, so um finally he just goes to see his family doctor. And, you know, as he gets assessed, his family doctor tells him that he has a chest pain, that his chest pain is real, that he has something called costancritis or something like that. You know what I mean? And he does, and it's an injured rib. And the reason why he's probably having headaches and um, all this other pain is because it's from an infection. You know what I mean? From from the actual rib, rib shit. So basically, you know what I mean? All the other stuff that now is going on with him, um, basically... His doctor tells him that all the pain and loss of vision and all the stuff he's going, he's having right now is basically because now he has a CSF leak, which all comes back from him getting his spine, you know, having them put the needle in the spine because they couldn't find out what was wrong with him. You know what I mean? And what was actually wrong with him was actually having an injured rib that could have been treated, you know what I mean, and got medication to treat whatever infection that was going on and he would have been a lot better but it, I don't know like you know I'm not no medical expert so I can't tell what those doctors were seeing or whatever what was going wrong but it's just such an unfortunate situation you know what I mean and and that's why they always say get a second opinion third opinion fourth opinion you know you can't really always go to the same hospital and people always do look down on the hospitals I always hear from people in the medical field saying if you emergencies yeah but always go to your family doctor because these doctors don't know you so they're gonna, they, they've seen so many people, they, they just don't believe certain things. It's just like, yeah, yeah, because there are, there are some patients that they have that they do check in 
to certain wards and stuff like that, you know, like psych wards and stuff. So it's just an unfortunate situation, man. And so right now, like that particular thread's got like over 30,000 retweets, you know, people are trying to help and find a specialist for CSF leak because it's a serious thing that you should look up, you know what I mean? And, you know, the spine is something you never play with, you know what I mean? We really know that, everybody knows that. So, but this may be really messed up because he may not even need it his spine to be touched, you know what I'm saying? So, unfortunate situation, man. And we just got to, you know, keep John River in our prayers, you know what I mean? Or his real name, Matthew, you know what I mean? So, it's it's, it's a crazy situation, but you can go on, let's, you can go Let's Save Matthew on Twitter or his Instagram, and you can read the whole thread yourself. And, yeah, man, um, if you know anybody with CSF, you know, he, he has, like, an email. He's trying to figure out how he can get proper treatment to get back to where he needs to be, so... Hopefully everything goes well with John River, man. Um, on a more lighter note, you know, uh, uh, I watched an interesting interview um, on The Breakfast Club with somebody I didn't know who she was, to be honest, until this particular interview. Uh, her name's Amara Lanegra. I'm sure everybody's seen her. She's on Love & Hip Hop. You know, I wouldn't know because I don't watch Love & Hip Hop, but she's on Love & Hip Hop Miami. And um, not apparently, but she's popping on in like the... Latin American music vibe scene. I don't know what that is. I don't know if she's like specifically seeing reggaeton or what, but um, she's been getting a, a lot of attention because she's been being criticized or basically going through a lot of prejudice and stuff about her color because, you know, she identifies as an Afro-Latino, which is a black Spanish person from like anywhere like the Caribbean, like around that area, you know, Honduras, Belize, Brazil, um, Dominican, all that stuff, right? So um, I guess on Love & Hip Hop, the storyline or whatever's going on with her is that whoever was trying to make her into a better artist was telling her that she needs to get rid of her nappy hair and that she's like calling her Nutella face or some shit like that. Um, you know, but the whole, the Breakfast Club caught a lot of, um, the reason I watched it was because the Breakfast Club got a lot of, like, um, bad, uh, what, what should I call it, responses and a whole bunch of, like, um, people coming at them and shit because of how they handled the interview. Well, not um, Angela. Angela was kind of well-informed, but Envy and Charlemagne, um, I think, basically, they were having issues where they weren't believing, they weren't understanding what she was saying, and I think that the whole issue with the interview was that they were speaking about an American's perspective and she was speaking about uh, Afro-Latina's perspective in the Latin community, you know what I mean? And and it was because and it was kind of confusing because me, I, I lived in America, I'd say five years, and I never, like the stuff that I know, I experienced for, like around Spanish people, I learned from Spanish people and being around people in America and stuff. I would expect these guys to know that, you know what I mean? But I feel like the whole confusion came because they were speaking about America and they were speaking she was speaking about Latin America because the girl, the lady, um, she's actually popping in the Latin American scene. So she's like, it was hard for me to break through. A lot of girls like me that are black but are Spanish have um a lot of issues because people prefer the lighter skin. And then Charlemagne and them were just like, nah, why is that? What about Cardi B? What about Issa Rae and all these other girls? But the whole thing was that they kept thinking they're forgetting that she's talking about being popping. She's bringing a issue of what's going on in the Latin American community, whether in America or outside of America. And you know, I'm I'm you know I know enough to know that Spanish people really look down on black people. You know what I mean? 
Um, they may not say it in public, but you can ask any Spanish person that you that you feel comfortable with. They wouldn't. Would you be allowed to marry a black person, or uh, would you be allowed to marry like a black man or black woman, or some shit like that? Because in the majority of the homes, not many, not all, definitely not all, but a lot of them homes like they don't want to mix that color because. And I'll I'll say it like this. It's more of the Spanish countries where, like, in the Caribbean, that there's like the Cuba, the Dominicans, the the Puerto Ricans, and the stuff like that because of that slave heritage. You know what I mean? Like they they look down on you being black because you know you're a negro, moreno. Like sometimes, like that's the thing. Like I learned the term trepapalo in America. You know what I mean? That's a thing that Spanish people say about black people. Like you know they call you monkeys. They really just refer to you as moreno, like you know brown. You know what I mean? Like um. So she was trying to explain that it's hard for her. It was she breaks she broke through, but there's a lot of other people going through it. You know what I mean? Um, you, you see, you still see that experience with, um, like the Brazilian players. Like you know what I mean? They're Brazilian, but they're black, and they're, their heritage comes from West Africa. But the Portuguese people that are really from Brazil, that are from Brazil, but are actually white or whatever color you want to call it, tan. And their heritage is the actual colonizers, you know, the people that took people from West Africa, Lagos, um, you know, Badagri, um, the Cape Coast, really went to all these spots and took people to Brazil, Dominican, Cuba. So that's why they have, those guys still have their heritage and they're West African and they're dark and they have the Afrocentric features as far as like their lips and their noses and all that type of stuff. So they're looked down upon, you know what I mean? And they call them monkeys and stuff like that. You can, you can look at that Dominican Republic. Um, a lot of Dominicans are black, dark, as far as their color, you know what I mean? But they, they're they Dominican, but that, because of that heritage and how they got there, the ones that look more Spanish, like the colonizers and the ones that look tan or whatever you want to call it, they look down on those guys. And that message is so bad that when those Dominicans skins, 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 because they're actually Spanish, just a little duck, they'll look down on the Haitians. Well, you know, Haitians are not, Haitians are not considered Afro-Latino because they're French. But Haiti and Dominican Republic, literally like Canada and you know what I mean, as far as how they are in border and all that stuff. But they look down on people that are just as them and call them Thibodeaux and all type of monkey stuff like that. But... It was just a dope interview to learn more because it's definitely an issue that's been going on. You know, I felt, I thought everybody knew about it. You know what I mean? Because a lot of, it's just a thing, like Spanish people, like, and it becomes from the white Spanish people who are actual real Spaniards. Like you see it in, um, in, in the, when you watch La Liga and there's black players, like the, they start throwing bananas at them and stuff, calling them monkeys. It's just a thing. That's how they are. You know what I mean? They just look at it like that. Some people look down on you. You know what I mean? And that's just, I feel like there was only a confusion as far as when she was speaking about her, her issues as far as making it. I felt like they were just looking at it from a perspective of as Americans and not seeing it as, yo, there's really people that live in America and that are Spanish that could be from Dominican Republic, could be from Cuba, Puerto Rico, wherever, Belize, and looked at people that are other from these same countries, but because they're Afro-Latina and just not Latina, or Latino, whatever you want to call it, they're looking at looking at down on them. You know what I mean? That's just how it is. It's like that in a lot of places, a lot of cultures. You know what I mean? Uh, you saw that in Rwanda with the Germans and the Belgians. You know, like people start to just look at different things, like features, and be like, yo, they're different from us, or this. You know what I mean? But we're from the same place.
So you know how like the the people that are from you know Dominican are actually from there. They're just looking at like, yo, we colonized these guys. You know, things have changed. The world has changed, but we won't forget. You know what I mean? They're beneath us. But as long as we know our worth, man, that's light, man. Being black is beautiful. I love it. I wouldn't imagine, I can't imagine being anything else. And I wouldn't want to be anything else, you know what I mean? So it was a dope, it was a dope interview though, you know what I mean? Um, it's great to see that that type of thing being spoke about, you know, for those that don't know. It's great for those to bring that type of awareness, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, man. Uh, everyday struggle is back. Yo, they replaced Joe Budden with... This guy, this guy that's here is is they replaced Joe Budden with Star from Star and Buck Wild Show. Um, it's I guess it's befitting. I don't I don't think anybody else could be a negative and I guess not afraid of what the backlash or what they're gonna say. You know what I mean? I feel like you may not be able to get a lot of artists to come up by bringing Star. You know what I mean? Like Star is he's a legend in the radio game. Said a lot of things that. We're crazy, very vicious, very, um, yo, he, he, he's, he's just raw, you know what I mean? And he said a lot of things that people don't agree with, but when he feels of disrespect, he's going to disrespect the shit out of you. He's one of those guys. Um, I think, the, I think yeah, it can work. I don't know if he's going to give Ak as much respect as Joe. You know what I mean? The first episode was a little tense, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, man, he, he once told DJ Envy that he would... Like, I think he said he would like R. Kelly on his daughter, like disrespectful shit like that. Said he wanted to R. Kelly on his daughter, some shit. And I remember Envy was trying to get at him. It was some serious, very serious situation. Um, just is how raw he is. He's on the show with Nadeska right now, and here's what he said about Nadeska before he got on the show and knew he was gonna get on the show. This nigga's crazy. Let's <laughs> go on everyday struggle, huh? How about that little hot thing? I would love to jerk off on her leg. Just jerk off on her leg, Nadeska. That's a hot bitch. Yo, man, this nigga is crazy, fam. Did you hear the way he said, Nadeska? Yo, I'm surprised. You know, <laughs> no, 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 no women have come out about Star. You know what I mean? But nah, he, he's one of those guys that I don't think we'll be hearing any sexual assault allegations because he's so real. He'll just tell a bitch if you ain't fucking leave. <laughs> he's he's a wild guy. You know what I mean? Like, um, ex-pimp, ex, um, uh, we stick up kid, like, he used to set up people to get robbed. He's just a raw guy, you know what I mean? And he always says how he feels, you know, he was one of the guys that back in the day where, um, when Aaliyah died, he played, like, um, you know, the radio sounds of, like, a person in a plane screaming, ah, you know, like, type shit. And, you know, that's how we got that line where Jay said, you know, Star is mad, I won't grant him an interview. You know what I mean? Like, um, on the on the I Miss You remix. So that's why, like, you know, he's kind of, like, blackballed. A lot of people don't fuck with him, you know. Um, but he does he does get everybody's respect because the way he carried himself, you know what I mean? He's just that raw, man. And he's just a crazy guy. He'll he always tell you that, I'm a licensed firearm carrier. And when I start waving that thing... <laughs> like he, yo, he talks. You know, his voice is. He has a. He has a real radio voice, man. Um, but no, I think it's good, man. I think um, him and academics will, you know, steal sharp and steel. Um, they're gonna find their dynamic, but it's it's gonna it's gonna be just kind of like Joe, but maybe even worse. Cause, but Star has a lot of um, knowledge, and you can't really change him. And he has very ignorant, so it's like I want to see how Axe gonna handle it. You know what I mean? Because you. 
you can't really get under Star's skin. Like, he's just kind of really one of those fucked up guys. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be dope. I just would love to see if guests are gonna come on. You know, he has a very bad. A lot of people don't really mess with him. You know what I mean? Um, so, and yeah, so that. But I think it's good. You know what I mean? I'm back watching the show for the first episodes that I saw. Uh, yeah. Um, over the weekend, I think it was over the weekend, but you know, Drake dropped "Scary Hours," um, the EP. I don't know why. Like, it's two songs. Um, God's plan. That's a big song right there. That is that is Drake at his at his um his best. I think that's Drake at his best when he's just that song. He's just reflecting. But singing and making it such a good like you know just look how far I come that's what he's doing the whole the whole song look how far where I came from you know what I mean and he's just shouting out his team and all that it's it's just a song that makes it's gonna make people just relate to like yo as much as they're saying Drake's words they're gonna you know where would I be without my broskies and all that and stuff like that it just it's just one of those songs you know that just gets people going that ignites people and like. You rally together, so I could see that tearing clubs down. It was tearing clubs down when niggas was just playing it. I guess at, at apartment two hundred, you know what I mean. And that's before it was even released. So, uh, yeah, man, that that was hard. Diplomatic immunity. I'm I'm like he's spitting, man. He's spitting, but I'm just not a fan, to be honest. I listened like seven times in a row because I was trying to catch it, like you know. I seen everybody on Twitter just kind of like going off about it and shit. So I was like, "Fuck, I'm, I'm, I'm missing something." You know what I mean? He's spitting, he's spitting bars, man. But I don't know if it's just I can't get with that beat. It's just too slow. And just I don't, I don't know, man. And I usually like introspective Drizzy, but I like introspective. I like my, my, I like Drizzy when he's like on them samples where he's just spilling his heart out and just talking about some real shit. I don't know that. I didn't connect with that one too well, and I'm maybe I'm gonna have to listen to it a couple more times, but. At, for now, I just can't get with it, and maybe it's because the way it goes, like from going from God's plan had me all hyped, it, you know, and just and then just to have to listen to that, I don't know if that's what ruined it for me, but it didn't really vibe with me like that, to be honest. Um, but on the track, he took um he took shots at um Joe Budden, you know, he, um I guess he was critiquing Joe. He had a line about Budden careers from niggas that went nowhere, you know. Took a shot at there was more direct shot that at Button than you know the subliminals that Button kind of jumped out the window for when he um, released those like three diss tracks like I think that was like a year two years ago, but yeah um, I don't know I don't think Joe Button's gonna really take it that serious I remember when he last went at Drake and did the this songs you know um, Drake just kind of like turned into a game it was like yo if you can release. 19 songs before a certain day, I'll give you 10,000, you know what I mean? So, I don't know, maybe Budden, when he does come out of retirement, just throw a jab back at him, but I don't see this going anywhere, you know what I mean? That's what, Drake just sometimes wants to get the people rowdy, you know, get people talking, so he just wanted to come up, come up Buttons a little bit. Um, academics is out here claiming the other part, you know, when Drake was like, Niggas with no experience, and you know I can't remember exact lines, but academics is saying it was he was talking about him. So hey, man, take that and run with it. But yeah, um, I don't know this. God's plan. I want to see if that's gonna touch the charts. You know, what I mean, I don't remember the last song Drake had that was like a real chart topper. Maybe I'm just not there. Like my mind's not here right now, but I can't really remember. But 
I'm wondering, you know, like like a Bodak Yellow, a Bad and Bougie, like shit that just really transcends. Like we need one of those from Drake, so I don't know if this is gonna be the one or not, but I'm sure he's heating up to drop something because uh, I feel like this was around this time last year. We was gearing up to get more life, right? So I don't know when he's coming with the album, but something's got to be cooking up right now. You know what I mean? So. We on the line. I, whenever Drake drops something, it's gonna be a movie. Uh, people just gonna live in that moment, and you know everything. You're gonna whatever Drake speak about on that album. You're gonna you're gonna go on and eat at that place, or wherever he was saying, or what mall he was talking at. You're gonna want to go shop there. You know what I mean? So that's just the thing that people just kind of get into this zone with. You know what I mean? I feel like Take Care was the the moment that lasted the longest. You know what I mean? I feel views. They all had their moments, but I felt like views came and went. Like more life came and went, you know. Like it was a moment for a little while, but it was like after that, people just weren't even talking about it. That vibe was just kind of gone, you know what I'm saying? But hopefully, he can come back and like reclaim that spot and be, you know, what I mean, the top top in the game, you know, undisputed. You know what I mean? Right? I felt Kendrick had the best year last year as far as rap wise. You know what I'm saying? TD is even kicking off a tour just. Based off all the success Kendrick and um, Scissor had last year, Schoolboy Q, J Rock, everybody, they even coming to Toronto. I think, um, I think they come to Toronto in June, or maybe May or something like that. But yeah, um, that's dope. Um, but yeah, man. So shout out to Drake, shout out to shout out to Kendrick, man. J Cole, man. January twenty eighth coming up. Your birthday's coming up, man. Drop an album out of nowhere, please. We need you, brother. I need you, man. Like. And that other album, you know, I try, I keep trying to find it, find that groove. It's just not it for me, but I still listen to all the classics, man. Friday Night Lights, I listened to that like three days ago, and shit was, man. I, 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 I you guys don't understand how I feel and how how nice J Cole is. Like I remember when um I was listening to Friday Night Lights and the Autograph, one of my favorite songs. We was listening to it, and I was like, yo, he was spitting so much shit that I pulled up the track, like, in there, and I was just like, yo, he was just giving too much game, like, too much game, you know what I mean? Just rapping, like, bars and punchlines and so much, I was just like, we had to pull it up. And then when I finally got to the first, the third verse, he just, like, saying some real, some of the realest, man, Jayco's just too nice, but he's just talking about, you know, how... This food for thought costs the same as two and number three. So that's why I slang this hope shit and give you lines that you rewind like, oh shit. You know what I mean? He said some shit like that. And I was like, what? I had literally just rewinded the whole track because of the shit he was saying. And he finished the verse off. It was like, yo, I give you lines that you rewind like, oh shit. You know what I mean? I was just like, man, this was, that's when I was just like, he was just, he was just too ahead of his time. Like, if anybody has time right now, I would love for you to go listen to the autograph. Just, man, go listen to Friday Night Lights if you haven't listened to it. And if you haven't listened to it in a long time, go listen to it, man. J. Cole is just, he's still, he's top five in my, you know, in my eyes, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I don't know how I even got about this, talking about this J. Cole shit, man. But drop something, man. Your B-Day's coming, boy. You know what I mean? Give the people what, what, what they want, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, that's, that's some good news. So, shout out to Drake. God's plan is definitely in rotation. Yeah, um. What else been happening out here? Uh, I think they dropped the nominees for the, what do you call that shit, the Oscars. And, you know, I really don't care. But shout out to Jordan Peele. Shout out to Mary J. Blige, Denzel Washington, you know, all the brothers and sisters that 
I don't know if they're going to win anything. Well, I, I know Jordan Peele is going to win something, you know, for Get Out, which was a great movie. I mean, um, yeah, so let's just hope the real people that deserve to win, win. That's all I'll say about that. Not even about your color, but about the work you put in. Not about politics and some shit, oh, we want you to be here next year or some shit. So hopefully the right people win. And yeah, uh, I don't know how many of you guys like boxing or are into boxing, but over the weekend, man, there was an amazing fight, man. Um, didn't last too long. I think it lasted like six rounds. Earl Spence Jr., who's going to be the new king of boxing, man, uh, at least for that that division, the welterweight division, and around that that weight, you know what I mean? Maybe he'll, he'll go up throughout the years, but this guy fought Lamont Peterson and just turned a former three-time world champion into like an amateur, you know what I mean? I just had to make make sure you guys knew that and you guys go check that fight out Earl Spence Jr. versus Lamont Peterson go watch it on YouTube it wasn't that long but it was just an action-packed fight it wasn't no running he's just coming forward coming forward coming forward even Peterson shout out to him man he had a lot of heart the fight got stopped because he was just taking a beating like obviously there was no way for him to win the fight so he was just taking a beating and his eye was cut the trainers were just like nah we can't do this anymore you know what I mean and that's a, that's even demoralizing, kind of, because usually fighters would be like, "Yeah, I'll just keep going," you know. I, I'm I don't want to stop. I'm gonna keep going. But then his trainer was just like, he told his trainer, he's just like, "If you if you want to throw in a towel, throw in the towel." You know what I mean? That's just a, that's a defeated guy right there. He's just like, "Yo, if you want to throw it in, throw it in." You know what I'm saying? But shout out to him. He had a lot of heart in the ring. And Earl Spence Jr. Man, um. Terrence Crawford, there's so many guys in the division right now. Keith Thurman, man, so I want to see that. Like, I want to see that. I want to see him go through that and work his way up to Canelo or Triple G. This guy is really that special, man. Long arms, fast, powerful, just just a killer, man. Just a humble and quiet guy, man. So I'm supporting him all the way. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the Patriots and the Eagles are in the Super Bowl, I believe. Um, yeah, I know. I mean, I believe they're in the Super Bowl. You know, I know nothing about football. I just kind of like drift through when the important games go on. You know what I mean? Especially when football's on and, and basketball's on, football ain't got a shot with me. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to watch the Super Bowl. Everything shuts it down on Super Bowl day. And yeah, I'm going to see what's up, man. Hopefully, either way, we're going to witness greatness on that night. Um, Tom Brady will probably win, I think, his fifth. If I'm wrong, correct me. I believe it's his fifth. At 40 years old, or it would be Nick Foles and the um, Philadelphia Eagles who lost their quarterback. Um, what's that boy's name? I don't even know boy's name. Um, I know his name, man. I just can't remember right now. But he's they lost their 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 star quarterback, and you know people are writing them off. I think they've been having injuries all year, and you know the Eagles have always. Been that team. When I used to watch football, you know, I remember Andy Reid, Terrell Owens, Donovan McNabb. Like in America, you had to watch football on a Sunday type shit. But, but they've always been underachievers, you know. So all the stuff they had to persevere through to get to the point right now, the Super Bowl, the the major thing. They better go hard or go home. You know what I mean? And that's the same for the Patriots, man. Because like football is so messed up. But I understand why you can't have a best of seven series with guys literally killing themselves on the field. But Football is one and done, man. You get there and you out, just like the NCAA tournament, where it's like, yo, you may be better than these guys, but have one off night 
and that's it. Season's done. You know what I mean? So you ain't no ain't no slip ups. So Super Bowl. You know what I mean? I'm definitely gonna be tuned in. Uh, I think it's time we talk about some basketball, though, man. Um, I don't know what's going on in the NBA. The All Star results are back in, and there is so many snubs. So I'm, I, yeah, I'm gonna start with the All Star because I, I I think it's just time we just gotta admit that the East is just disgustingly weak. As much as I felt like there was uh, the competition in the East wasn't as bad as it was last year. You know, like some teams were just running away with it and it was just bottom feeders. But I feel like the competition, I mean, the whole Eastern Conference is so weak now that the top teams aren't, aren't so fat, far from the bad teams. And that's why the records look good and stuff. Because when you look at the All-Star team and they they just put named the reserves. And I, I'm going to get the names right now. Al Horford made the reserves. Kyle Lowry made the reserves. Bradley Beal made the reserves. John Wall made the reserves. Um, Porzingis made the reserves. Kevin Love made the reserves. And we're going to get to Kevin Love later. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's he's killing me. Victor Oladipo made the reserves. Well-deserved for him. Okay. Bradley Beal, I don't think he should be there. Um, Al Horford's averaging 13-7. and seven. On the winning team, I guess that's great, but those ain't all star numbers. You know what I mean? That don't that, like this is what the all star game has come to. Cavs have been looking so bad. Kevin Love made it. He he's been decent this year. You know what I mean? I guess Porzingis. The Knicks are in what what place? Let me let's find out what place the Knicks are in. Wow, Porzingis made it. Um, the Knicks are in tenth place. 21 and 27 record. Um, who else? Let's see. John Wall and Bradley Bill. Yeah, they're fifth. You know what I mean? The Wizards are underachieving, but I guess those are all-star players. But Bradley Bill, to me, I don't think he's having a great season. Like, he's just not being the Bradley Bill that I know and how he was performing last year, especially in the clutch. He's been very inconsistent this year. And if we keeping it real now, as far as the reserves, listen, I'm not a Gordon George fan. I'm not any. Uh, I don't really like him. I think he's trash. But the Miami Heat are in fourth place, and they made a, a crazy run, and they don't have no All Stars. So that's 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 a snub for somebody on their team. The East is just lacking talent, man. Like, I, I guess you know we we lost so many people in trades last year, and I guess maybe Gordon Hayward would be there if he was on the Celtics and healthy right now. But it's just it just looks bad and. And that's why they had to do this format of where you pick players, you know what I mean, where Team Steph versus Team LeBron, like, because they know this is going to be very uncompetitive. But now you get to the West where abundance of talent is left out, right? The West, people that got picked from the West were, let's see, Jimmy Butler for the reserves, Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, LaMarcus Aldridge, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Carl Towns, and that is it, right? Four guys for the Warriors. Yeah, they're first. I guess I guess that's how it goes. It happened with the Atlanta Hawks, you know what I mean? When when they were doing it. I mean, I think it was Kyle Corver, Al Horford, Jeff Teague, and Paul Millsap, which is nuts. Yeah, they had those guys. I think they had like the best record in the East that year. But but something's going to have to give because an all-star is something that you want in your resume. I think they say, like, 
seven to eight all-star appearances and like maybe in the 20,000 club, that gets you into the Hall of Fame, you know what I mean? And like so many players have been snubbed over the years. Like Mike Conley's never been an all-star because the, the West is just so so deep. So what's going to have to happen is either they're going to have to increase the, the, the roster spots for the all-star game, which you should be able to do because it's just an all-star game, and um, or make people get picked not based on their conference, you know what I mean? Because a lot of talented players are just wasting away, you know what I mean? Um, Russ, I don't know if Russ was taking a shot at Damian Lillard. He took a shot at everybody, kind of, because he they were asking him how Paul George didn't make the team, and he was just like, you have four guys on, from one team. You have guys that are complaining about not making a team, which Damian Lillard, you know, he spoke up about it because he's well-deserving of it, you know what I mean? So he's just not going to let that go on the air because I think he was also snubbed last year, you know what I mean? And I'm sure Dame could acknowledge that the West is tough and all these other guards do deserve it too, but he's probably looking at the East like, yo, if that's what it takes to be an all-star, that's not right, you know what I mean? Because he should just ask for trade if he should go to the East and just increase his stock, you know what I mean, and build a bigger name for himself if he wanted to do that. But he's just stuck in Portland. He loves Portland. He's a loyal guy. But Paul George didn't make it, you know what I mean? I think he's leading the league in steals. He's averaging... Over 20 points, his team's, uh, let's see what, what's, what's, where they are in the stand. His team's fifth. You know what I mean? And the West is just so tough. The talent in the West is just so tough. Uh, Lou Williams was on Twitter complaining about not making it. His case is, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough in the West because, yes, the Clippers are in ninth, but the Clippers have lost everybody. Blake Griffin has not been around. Um, Lou Williams has kept them in the fucking, kept them from being in the in the the bottom feeders because he scored forty points forty points forty points I think he's having his best season of the year but then it, let's see let's see what um Lou's averaging Lou's averaging twenty three five and two yeah no 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 that's that's an all star year for Lou like from where he's come from and to actually be keeping he's won games for this team you know what I mean so. He has he has every right to feel that way, but it's just the West is so tough. I feel like all the players in the West are only feeling that way is because they're looking at their counterparts in the East and they're just like, that's not even right, bro. Like, I'm out here busting ass, and they're really in the jungle with wolves. Every night they're playing guys that are that are on another level. I'm even I forgot to say Chris Paul also got got snubbed. But I think that was just just solely because he missed so many games. You know what I mean? Like he was injured for a while, and the Rockets were still rolling without him. So he couldn't really. It doesn't really look good when the team's popping without you. But it's it's something, man, to look at because if Chris Paul was on the team and he wasn't injured, then maybe Russ wouldn't be there. Maybe Dane wouldn't be there. Somebody wouldn't be there. Jimmy Butt. Like it's it's a slippery slope because if Kawhi was around and playing and healthy, who else wouldn't be there? Like. It's 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 rough in the West, man. I think it's it's the Wild Wild West, and I think they got to change the format. But even on the All Star Game itself, man, like I was even wondering, like now that they're doing this pickup thing, like you know, everybody's asking, will LeBron pick KD? And if LeBron picks KD, that's just a psychological thing, right there, man. That's just a mental thing. Yeah, you can be like, it's All Star Night, and we just want to have fun. But it's like, nigga, you really don't want to see this guy again. Like you really want him on your team. He's KD's gonna just be looking at you like, yo. This thing, I'm seeing the weakness, you know what I mean? So I hope LeBron doesn't pick KD, but I could definitely see it happen because LeBron's just that type of friendly guy who just make it seem like, yo, this is just, I'm just, this is just basketball. I'm not looking too deep into it, you know how LeBron do. But there's that. Um, 
I said I wouldn't let this go. You know what I mean? It happened on Monday night, but I won't, I'm not going to let this go because DeMarcus Cousins had a historic night, man. Um, he had a 40 points, 20 rebounds, 10 assists in a game. Only four other players have done that, which is Oscar Robinson, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Will Chamberlain, and Elgin Baylor. You know what I mean? And DeMarcus Cousins is a special player. And, I, and people are seeing it now, you know what I mean? It, but it's... It's rough when people. I'm telling you, man. I just. It's good that when you say stuff and when you when you believe something, say it. You know what I mean? Because I think I could say five, six years ago, I was I was telling niggas about this guy religiously every year. People were still telling me about these other centers like Drummond, um, um, Dwight Howard, or just naming all these guys that are just so irrelevant because this guy was so talented. But like like Kyrie Irving was surrounded by a bad organization and just young players and underachievers. You know what I mean? He had like six different coaches while he was in Sacramento and stuff. But nonetheless, I just want to highlight that game because um, he doesn't get the praise he deserves. You know what I mean? I think Anthony Davis also had another game just like that maybe four or five days ago in, in New York. And he didn't have as good as a game. He had 44-17 and something. DeMarcus Hudson had a triple-double with 40 points. And nobody talked about it. You know what I mean? Whenever Anthony Davis does something special, because he is special, he's great. You know what I mean? He does it on, on all ends of the floor. But I, I don't think him and Boogie Cousins are too far apart. You know what I mean? People try to make it, to me, I, it, the way I look at when people analyze them, I think people try to make it like it's a big gap. Maybe because of the defensive end and what Anthony Davis brings, but... DeMarcus Cousins is a force, you know what I mean? He's a force. And somebody tried to tell me the other day he wasn't a superstar and tell me that DeMar is a better talent than him, you know what I mean? But everybody has a personal opinion. But me, I literally think he's one of the top, probably like, he's probably like a top eight talent in the league, man. Because, yo, the man is up. That's the reason he had 10 assists. He really can pass. Like, he really sets up the offense. He can really dribble. He can really hit the three now. Like, he is something something to reckon with, man. And I really hope that him and Anthony Davis stay in the Pelicans, to be honest. I feel like if they can surround themselves with a better coach and a better team, I mean, uh, some more supporting cast, I think they can be very scary because they actually like each other. You know what I mean? I don't I don't see them beefing, having egos. They're both um, wildcats. You know, they both grew up from the Calipari umbrella. You know what I mean? So they're familiar with each other. And yeah, and they both eat. Like everybody eats. It's not like a selfish situation where you can't. Everybody's gonna eat. You have two, the huge, the two biggest guys on the court, most likely your guys. So they're both gonna eat, and it works. And yeah, man. So I just want to shout out to Marcus Cousins, man. Shout out to Anthony Davis too for the, the two games he put back to back. But it's I don't know why. Maybe because Cousins just you know it's just a mean guy or. Uh, has a bad reputation, I should say, not mean guy. I see him, he, he looks like he's nice to the kids and shit, but I think it's because his reputation, people just try to overlook him, you know what I mean? But that boy is something special. Um, I don't want, I hate to be a, listen, I hate to be right about this, but you know what I mean? I even went on Twitter and searched my tweets. I said this, I started saying this in December. I think I was saying it in December on the podcast too. And it's unfortunate, but Jason Kidd got fired, man. And I was calling that out. I was saying the Bucks are gonna get rid of Jason Kidd, and I could just see it because, you know, teams get over ambitious. You know what I mean? I could just see it. I'm like, cause 
early in the season, the Bucks were showing promise. They were booming everybody out the way. Um, Giannis had definitely got way better, so people weren't game plan for that. Um, and then out of nowhere, they just shit just collapsed. They had to do the Eric Bledsoe trade for somebody who wasn't really in the end rotation, like Greg Monroe. And they won that trade, you know what I mean? And shit just looked sour. Like, I don't know. It just wasn't flowing. And I, I don't know why it's Jason Kidd's fault. You know, I love Jason Kidd as a point guard. And I think as a coach, he did a great job, even with the Nets and even with um with this team. And the Bucks really gave it all out to him, to be honest. They rolled it out for him. They gave him, um, what do you call it? They gave him, like, an executive position as far as, like, he would – he can control. I think he was like a GM type shit. You know what I mean? Like he 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 had definitely a lot more power than just a coach. But the team has no shooting. Like Eric Bledsoe, I think he's taking a step back. I don't see him being as the mini LeBron that everybody thought he was. But also being on this team with Giannis, he's more of an off the ball guard, I guess, too. So, but it was inevitable, man. I could see it. Jason Kidd was just. It, it just looked bad. Like I'm like. I could tell in the East that the the owners and the GMs are going to be like, yo, we should really be killing shit out here. Because on, on paper, they have the talent. It, it, they really do. Eric Bledsoe, Malcolm Brogdon, Thon Maker, Giannis, Jabari Park when he comes back from injury, Chris Middleton, who's nice, Tony Snell, great defender, and he can hit the three. So they've got a lot of things, everything but besides a, a real center, I would say. But they, maybe they are underachieving, but I don't know why if firing the coaches – gonna be the best thing to do because when you fire a coach midseason and you're not the Warriors or Cavs or the Rockets or Spurs like those guys with supreme talent I don't know if what's the point because you're not going anywhere anyways like your talent's not taking you to the finals so you might as well just wait to the end of the season and get rid of kid and see what he could do and just develop this team even more but I guess they just want to get the system get him out now so he can just get their coach in and be ready for next year you know what I'm saying but it's unfortunate, man. I hope Jason Kidd can bounce back, you know what I mean? Because they always say when people leave the game they and they have nothing to do, they start to go into depression and start doing other things, looking for vices. Um, you you see it happen in boxing all the time. It happened to Oscar De La Hoya. It happened to Sugar Ray Leonard sniffing coke and doing all these things out, out of character. And Jason Kidd does have a drinking problem. He has a history of drinking, you know. Um, so I don't know. Like, he actually retired from basketball, and then right after basketball, he retired and got a job. I mean, so he hasn't been away from the game. He hasn't had that, but he was still getting that adrenaline rush from competing, from being around the guys, you know, traveling, just the lifestyle of an NBA star or NBA personnel, I should say. You know what I mean? Um, and I just hope he doesn't spiral out of control, man, because it can be rough. And the way he kind of got fired was even more just crazy because Giannis had, must have got the word you know he's a star player so 15 before 15 minutes before Jason Kidd got fired he called him and he was like coach what they're about to do isn't right you know what I mean he's like yo it's not fair they're about to fire you and Jason Kidd was like you know I felt that was coming and Giannis like what can I do should I call my agent da, da, da. should I call the, the owner and Jason Kidd just told him all you can do is tell the truth you know but that's sad, man, because I know Giannis, look, yo, when when you learn, when you have a Hall of Famer and a point guard and he's really just giving you the keys 
and you and I'm sure Jason Kidd's giving this kid so many jewels that he would never have learned if he had a different culture. And I mean, you know, Giannis was raw, man. He really came from Greek. Yeah, the talent was there, the size was there. But this is just like another situation, like the Mark Jackson situation. And obviously Mark Jackson wasn't as great as a player as Jason Kidd, but it's like, yo, all right, kid, you brought us this far. You know what I mean? You groomed him. You right, you got him right. You know what I mean? But you ain't fit enough to do the job to take us there. We need somebody else. So we're going to see if that actually pans out right. But the team was kind of like built to succeed in the near future with these guys that they have. So it's it's kind of like the whole Mark Jackson thing again, whereas like would the Warriors have gotten to where they're going to get to, maybe slower than without Steve Kerr. But like, the Bucks are a good team. Like in, in a year or two, they should be contenders in the East. You know what I mean? With Jason Kidd or even with an interim coach. You know what I mean? Like the talent is there. I think we should take it to Cleveland though, man. Um it's it's going wrong at Cleveland. Like they just lost to the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Well I expected that. We all expected that. But it's 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 this is it's really going really bad in Cleveland and nobody can pinpoint why or maybe they know in the locker room but we don't know what's going on and you know you hear oh people are saying it's because LeBron they're not sure about where LeBron's going I feel like the only person who should be worried about that is Dan Gilbert and the GM the other players I don't think that should be affecting players is like oh LeBron gonna be here next year. If you want Bron to be here next year, you better show it. You know what I mean? You know, Bron ain't going to be here with no losers. You know what I mean? Um, they just look old, man. They play no defense. Um, you remember how, like, LeBron teams, Miami, even last year with the Cavs and all those guys, they just look, look like they're having so much fun. These guys look like they don't know how to play basketball. Like, they're letting a lot of guys do things to them that should not be doing things to them, like, I think it's just really, as soon as they see somebody, they, basically the rotation, somebody passes the ball, somebody's always open on the other team. Like, somebody's always open. Like, and then what they do is when, once they, they realize somebody's open, they just run, jump, and try to swipe at the ball. When the three-pointer goes in, like, they can't they can't guard the three ball. They ain't got nobody in the post. Tristan Thompson's coming off the bench, and I guess, and he was coming off an injury, so he's just not there yet. I'm gonna get to Kevin Love later because where's the love, man? We, 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 we gotta, we gotta um, find out where Kevin Love is because, no, I'm gonna get to that first. Jay Crowder is a shell of himself. LeBron himself is looking like a shell of himself. Um, my boy Swan was getting at D Wade, but I, I, I think D Wade has been very solid. I think D Wade has been very solid. They just got Derrick Rose back now, and yo. <laughs> Listen, Derrick Rose, when he's on the court, like he'll do like something where he'll just get into the lane, and it's so sad because the, whenever he does like make a layup through traffic, like his only bucket like throughout the game, the the, the, the commentators be like, "Oh no!" I mean, "Oh my!" Flashes of Derrick Rose, flashes of MVP Derrick Rose. Like, nigga made a layup. Just calm down. Like that's how bad it is. Like basically, we just want. If if he makes a bucket, like basically getting six points from Derrick Rose is what like people are trying to see. People want like they want the minimum from this guy. So I, depending on him is not a good idea for the Cavs. They're currently trying to trade for George Hill. I don't know who they're planning to give up. I think they said they're planning to give up Iman Shumpert and so, and, and somebody else to get George Hill. Shumpert's a good def- defender. Offense has been pretty bad. And he's been injured. So 
that makes sense. But why, okay, are you going to have now have George Hill, D-Wade, because D-Wade kind of like runs the point when he's on the second unit, Isaiah Thomas, and then still have Derrick Rose in the cut. I know LeBron said last year that they were top heavy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But come on. I don't know what's going on in Cleveland, bro. Um, I think Jeff Green's looking looking pretty decent. He's, he hasn't been too bad for a reserve role. I think he's doing his thing. Um, Tyron Lue. Every time they show Tyron Lue on the bench, he looks like he, he got that I'm about to get five face. He has that face, but I know the only reason he's not fired right now is because the coach, the GMs are just going through that the motions of like, yo, if we fire this coach right now and we don't have a replacement and a new coach comes in, we have to teach him a whole new system and teach him all the shit, we really ain't going to make it out the first round of the playoffs. You know what I mean? So I know they're having that dilemma right now. But they just look uninspired. They look like underachievers and... And, be, and J, oh, I didn't talk about J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith has to know right now that his job is up. He's he's not going to be in Cleveland long. He has to know that. But the thing about it is, what, you, who can you pull in? He has to be in a package deal. You know what I mean? Maybe going to another environment will change, will be better for him because he he can't even hit those threes anymore. Unguarded threes, the little fadeaway threes that he be doing off balance, all those uncon those like hard contested shots he makes. He can't make a shot, but he's jacking them up, though. Like, I know they're like, yo, keep jacking them up, keep jacking them up, because that's how you are. But he really just not that guy anymore. You know what I mean? He's just not that guy anymore. Um, it's bad. Let's let's get, let's get go to Saturday. Let's go to Saturday. Saturday, the Oklahoma City Thunder came into Cleveland. I think from, like, three minutes into the game, it was, like, 10, 12 points down, probably. Um they just looked like it was happening, and like you should like the like the cameraman just keeps going on LeBron's face. LeBron was even talking in the huddle, like he just kind of sat away from the team. Like they were getting the ass beat. Paul George must have went for forty points, um, shooting like amazingly from the three point line. Melo had a a fishing game, a great game. He it was it was bad. Russ had like Russ had over twenty assists. I think that was a record. Um, the Thunder had a, had made an assist record against the Cavs. Like it was bad, it was bad. And all the while, LeBron, LeBron was supposed to reach thirty thousand points before the Thunder game. He didn't reach thirty thousand points before the Thunder game. Before that game, he did say he would like to hold off to make um to reach thirty thousand points so his kids could be in the building when he do it against the Oklahoma game. He didn't make it. Like he didn't score that much points. He didn't. I don't think he scored twenty. Like he needed like twenty two points. He didn't do it. It took him to the Spurs game today to actually make thirty thousand points. And congratulations to LeBron because that is a an amazing feat. There's only like I think only six players in there. Let's let's go through them: Dirk Nowitzki, Karl Malone, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, and I think that's it. Yeah. So I think LeBron. Yeah, he's in that company, which is amazing. Um, yeah, so shout out to him, you know what I mean? But it's 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 bad. I know he doesn't want to be a part of this right now, man. Like, but he's kind of stuck here, and this is why you should never have let Kyrie go. The whole reason he went to Kyrie uh, went to Cleveland is because he wrote that letter. He knew Kyrie was there. He was trying to be, 
He was trying to do this thing, you know, win multiple championships. Not one, not two, not three, you know? You know that speech. And you let Kyrie go, and it's like, now where can LeBron go to? First of all, he knows that the narrative will change. will be like, yo, this nigga is... Like, Kobe played for one team. Michael played for one team for a majority of his career until he came back to chase a bag. You know what I mean? Um, he came back. Niggas love to soil, soil their resume. It's crazy because um, Bleach Report put up a picture. I'm going to get back to everything. Bleach Report put up, put up a picture of the 30,000 Club, and everybody had their regular jersey on when they reached 30,000 points, but Karl Malone. And that's why... When you when you're old and shit, and you've been part, and you're a Hall of Famer, have some integrity. You know what I mean? Don't like champion chase like that. It's not really gonna be you getting. It. You're not really earning the championship. You've already put in work. People know what you can do. But he went to the, the Lakers, and that's where he reached thirty thousand points. You know what I mean? That's where his milestone was achieved. It could have been on the Jazz, where he gave his whole life and career to. You know what I mean? But that's just another side note. So here's what happens on Saturday. Um. Thunder beating that ass. Thunder beating that ass. Kevin Love somehow goes to the coach during the game. He only played three minutes of that game and told Tyron Lue that he's sick. He's not feeling well. All of a sudden, the game plan goes out the window. He's not in the game. And they're getting demolished. Demolished. Like, the Thunder were clicking so good that it was like, wow, if they can play like this against Golden State, and it will be a three-man war between... Golden State, Houston, and OKC. If if this is what, you know, what I mean, if the, if that's how the Thunder can play. But all in all, Kevin Love leaves the game, and I guess <laughs> they're like, yo, after the game, LeBron's looking to check up on Kevin Love, and he's like, yo, where's Kevin Love at? And niggas like, yo, Kevin Love had gone home. <laughs> niggas like, yo, where's Love? Where's Love? Where's Love? Every niggas like, yo, where's Love? It's like, you ever seen? Home Alone, I know we've all seen Home Alone, so it's like, pass this to Kevin, pass this to Kevin, pass this to Kevin, Kevin's not here, Kevin's not here, Kevin's not here, and then finally gets to his mom, Kevin's not here, what, Kevin, <laughs> yo, niggas was like, yo, where's Love, so they found out Love was at home, and you know, the NBA is getting out of hand now, they just love to call meetings, so teams just start calling meetings now, so they call a meeting in the air, have an air out. And let me tell you how they find out that Kevin Love is just like, yo, I was sick. And the whole team is like, yo, we don't believe you. Like, yo, prove it. Prove to us that you're sick. Prove to us that you're this. And you know what they said? You know who they said was one of the ringleaders of this, this call-out session? Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. Not the Isaiah Thomas the Hall of Famer that played for the Pistons and won two rings from Chicago. We're talking about Isaiah Thomas from Portland, Oregon. No, from Seattle, Washington, who grew up in Portland, Oregon, and played basketball with Kevin Love as, as a teenager throughout their, their, um, their high school years. This guy known Kevin Love for a long time, and you just got to this team. Kevin Love's a champion. You've been injured this whole time. My nigga, you're fucking up the whole offense. You can't play defense. You're small as hell. And this nigga is calling out Kevin Love. You ain't even been here long. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, and it's, it's just starting to show the cockiness of this guy. You know, a lot of people are calling him out. You know, I think there was a quote where he was like, you know, me and LeBron are on, on the path to greatness. You know what I mean? He's a little more closer to greatness than I am, but 
you know, we're both on that path to greatness. And it's just like people were like, whoa, you're putting your same self in that same conversation as LeBron. And, you know, it's great to to have confidence in yourself. You know, he chills around Floyd a lot, so I'm sure he's a cocky nigga. But for him to be calling on Kevin Love, and like, why? You, how you not going? Like, a nigga said he's sick. He's sick. Even if he may be bullshit, you can't tell a nigga to prove it. And if it's not LeBron or, or the guys or the coach that have been there, I don't feel like Isaiah Thomas is qualified in the words of Mean Seagull. You ain't qualified to ask him them questions. You know what I mean? Niggas was on Twitter just getting at Kevin Love. Like, they, they, they was like, yo, where's your doctor's note? You can't just leave the game without a doctor's note. You know what I mean? But it's looking bad in Cleveland, man. Let me tell you about Isaiah Thomas now. So basically... He is a liability. Sometimes when I'm watching him play, I just want to lend him some inches off of my height. Be like, yo, fuck it, man. I ain't doing nothing with this 6'1". I might as well just give you this four inches, you know what I mean? And just help you do something with it. Because when they played the Thunder, oh, my gosh. Every time Russ got that mismatch with this guy, it was it, it's literally embarrassing. He has to be embarrassed because guys just blow by him or they just post him down. like he's He, he looks like a child. And I'm not saying he can't score. Last year, he was scoring. I know he's coming off injury, but he's looking rusty, man. He had that one game, and everybody's like, oh, the potential. The potential, the potential, what the Cleveland's going to do. Um, I don't know, man. You know, certain times, I think Cleveland last year, they had a little losing streak, but I don't see this team turning around. If they do, God bless them. But they're gonna, they need something to kickstart. You know, sometimes teams just need that coach firing or a trade to shake shit up and really just – you know, and get that shit clicking, but they need something, man. Like Kevin Love calling sick out of games. I heard that he's on the trading block and he doesn't want to be there. It was actually kind of funny because Stephen A. Smith brought up like a, a good point, and he was like, um, "Kevin loves that. He he's cool and all. Like LeBron loves him. The guys love him, but he ain't trying to be around a whole bunch of brothers in the locker room with all this stuff they got going on. These guys ain't." Like, you know what I mean? And I get what he's saying. They're a different type of crowd. You know what I mean? They're a different type of guys. And he's probably just like, yo, I just want to play basketball and all this drama and all this other stuff y'all got going on. Just ship, just I got my ring, man. Just ship me back to Minnesota or ship me to Phoenix. You know what I mean? But um I think Kevin Love's getting a he's getting a bad, a bad rap because yo, he came there and he just played, yo, he just plays the part, man. He's a team player. Like I rate him, man. Um when Kyrie was there, he took the back seat. Just he really just keeps quiet, shuts his head down, puts his head down, and just does whatever the team asks him to do. So you can't really hate on that. But similar to the Kevin Love situation, as how Stephen A. Um, spoke about how Kevin Love doesn't want to just be around all these guys and stuff like that. There's another situation brewing up, and that's in San Antonio, and people are saying Kawhi wants out. I don't know how serious. The, um, like, you know, I don't know the truth of this or how real that is, but I always said that, man. Like, certain guys cannot be in those type of organizations. And this might be bad for Kawhi because, you know, if, if he believes in his talent that he can do this without the Spurs and Popovich, then maybe, you know, some some guys just take the keys and like, yo, I learned enough. I can go out on my own now. I'm confident. Because this is another thing. Like, um, when Deron Williams was on the Utah Jazz him and Jerry Sloan got in an argument because Jerry Sloan wasn't feeling niggas having the Beats by Dre headphones when when they were in the facilities and stuff. Like, this is a new era. Niggas want to listen to their shit with the big-ass headphones and just keep it moving. You know, so, but there's just certain coaches have their own old standards and there's a culture 
that's been set. You know what I mean? And you look at like a guy like Kawhi Leonard, man. You know, people don't really know. He has he's he's from Cali, you know what I mean? Like he's quiet and stuff, but like he definitely with the culture, he's with the shits, you know what I mean? Like you've seen him in the Nipsey Hustle commercial. So I'm sure being around that culture is a little different for him. Yeah, he's disciplined and he knows what he gotta do, but I'm sure sometimes you kind of like outgrow your environment. You're just like, yo, damn, I wanna bring some bitches through to the facility. I wanna do this. I wanna do that. Like, I wanna have my niggas here. Like, I wanna have some some power. You know what I mean? Like, Greg Popovich is an army man, and they're just a well class organization. That's how you spell supposed to be run. But in this new day and age, players have a lot more power. When you're when you're really putting up, putting work on the court, you have play um, power off the court, and I don't think it's like that with the Spurs. Yeah, you know, but this is all really stemming from, or well, what they're saying is it's stemming from Kawhi th- feeling like his he's being he's been misdiagnosed for his injury, and they gave him the wrong procedures and made him come back too early or made him do something wrong, and that's why this is happening. I guess the Spurs think his injury is going to be a lot longer, so there's just a lot of confusion about his health, and I guess his uncle's his new agent right now, and so. His uncle's just like, yo, they trying to play you, cuz. You know what I mean? His uncle's like a, a Cali guy. Like, he ain't no, he from the streets. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, like, there's just a lot going on with that, man. I would love to see Kawhi outside of the Spurs um, organization and see what he can bring to the table on his own and with somebody else. And also, they're, they're having problems attracting free agents. You know what I mean? So, he wants to win. And,. And that's why it's kind of, and this is what happens where like, you know, teams kind of start to look crazy because I would love to really know how Kawhi would be outside the Spurs because if Kawhi is like, they're saying, yo, I need free agents here and we're not winning. It's like, you you start to look at like, would Kawhi be able to say that if he wasn't drafted by the Spurs? Would you really be a champion? Would you be as good as you are? And maybe he would be, you know what I mean? He was, he was pretty decent at San Diego State, but... I felt like the Spurs really brought him along a lot, you know what I mean? And they that's just that system just makes people prevail. But it would be dope, you know what I mean? But I know the Spurs might things might be getting real rough for them because we saw with Lamarcus Aldridge, even though he's he's looking good now, and you know, he's the focal point of the offense because Kawhi's out there, he's happy. But you see you see a lot of the newer guys won't go there, man. It's just like that culture is not I mean, you you don't see guys doing them handshakes and doing them little dances and shit. Like, it's just not that culture that the new modern NBA players is about. So we're going to see how they can stay in this. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, also the Rockets beat the the Warriors over the weekend. I think that was on Sunday. That was a good game. Um, I still don't think that the Rockets are going to can beat the Thunder. They can give them a good run. You know what I mean? But when the Thunder are clicking, man, it's just something special. I mean, when, when not the Thunder, I'm talking about the Warriors, actually. The Rockets beat the Warriors. And people are saying, oh, Clint Capella himself, the center on the Rockets, was like, um, we're better than them. You know what I mean? When we're clicking, we're better than them. And I don't believe that because they weren't clicking. Steph wasn't clicking and Clay wasn't clicking. You know what I mean? So it, it's it's basketball, and we know the Warriors are, are, the, are the bar. So until somebody showed me something different, I ain't believing shit. You know what I mean? But yeah, man, I'm gonna get up out of here. Um, it's your boy E, man. I just wanna say if you made it this far, thank you very much for listening. Um, God bless you, man. Stay safe, man. It's it's too real.